how's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run the Real featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And we are back, and we're not going to break into song, even though Fox said that I should sing to introduce this one. Are you not going to? I will not sing. Maybe next episode we can finally get you to do it. Mm, this is skeptical. But I feel like we're going to have a roast tonight for this one. You think so? I know what Fox feels about this movie. <laughs> what? You can't rat me out. <laughs> I know how I feel about this movie. There's hmm. no no insider discussion that goes on before the before the hour. You got to be like that guy in that gif who comes up and like throws his lawn chair out of his hand and sits down. This going to be good. <laughs> good roast from me at least. But we watched Repo the Genetic Opera. Um, this movie was released in 2008. It was directed by Darren Lynn Boozman, who has given you such gems as Saw 2, Saw 4, and various other Saw movies. It was written by Darren Smith, who did the screenplay. Currently on IMDb, it has a 6.6 out of 10, a 32 Metascore. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 40% tomato meter and a 73% audience score. Whoa, really? Dang. That's got a high audience score. Everything I've been reading about this one is it's kind of like uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show where it gained a cult following. And those are the people going out there and rating this thing higher up. So this was like a musical at first. I was doing some background research on this because if you look it up on IMDb, there's a short of this movie as well that's 10 minutes long and it has michael rooker as the repo man what which i feel like they should have left him as the repo man they probably couldn't afford him yeah but so it started out as like a musical on stage where the writer um got the idea when one of his friends was having something repossessed and he was like what if in this futuristic world people's body parts could become property and repossessed which is a cool idea, I think. Yeah, that's an awesome idea. Very dystopian sci-fi. Yeah, he collaborated with the other guy who's on there as a writer, and they came up with something called the Necromerchant's Debt, which is about a grave robber in debt to a repo organ man, which I feel like is a lot cooler than what we got in this movie because it started out kind of small, and then Lionsgate picked it up and made it into a movie. Lionsgate. Fox has this very weird anger with Lionsgate. Just seems like they've got more misses than hits, if you know what I mean. They got some good stuff, though. Yeah, they got a few good ones, but it second seems hand like more often than not. Is great. Yeah, secondhand lions is lovely. What? They did that? Yeah, they produced secondhand <laughs> lions. You gotta be kidding me. No, I ain't kidding you. That one's awesome. Yeah, I'm not saying they don't ever do good movies, but they put out a lot of crap. I just remember as a kid, anytime the Lionsgate logo or whatever that thing's called came up, where it's all those nasty gears and like some warehouse that hasn't been cleaned in <laughs> like 30 years. You know what I'm talking about? And it says Lionsgate on it. In the 2000s, they made so many just crappy horror movies, and that's what sticks with me about Lionsgate, and that's what I think of first. Um, I know I talked about this in our Saw review a long time ago, but the 2000s was like the nasty horror era where they just made stuff nasty to be nasty. Lionsgate was like at the top of that. Well, they own Saw. Yeah, and this came out in 2000, 
And this is just nasty to be nasty in a lot of it, I think. Wait, this movie, Repo Man? Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's an interesting setting and an interesting take on the dystopian future that you haven't seen before. And a lot of that nastiness is played up for comedy, which I really liked when they did it that way. But it's not funny. Yeah, it's funny. Like you didn't think it was funny when the when the repo man was like autopsying the dude and singing about it while he was doing it, and then he sticks his hand up there and starts making the guy sing like a puppet. Okay, now you're talking about the best scene in the entire movie. So I mean, I loved it. It was so funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was okay, but I wasn't laughing at any of this movie except for maybe how bad of an actress Paris Hilton is. You know, I didn't know she was in it going in, but I would not say any of the problems with her in this movie. I would even venture to say she's the only person they utilized correctly in this movie. I'm just gonna Paris Hilton's performance got her the Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Supporting Actress at the 29th Golden Raspberry Awards. Really? I don't agree with that. Just because it's Paris Hilton. I think they just gave it to her because it's of who it is. At the same ceremony, she was also awarded Worst Actress for her role in The Hottie and the Naughty. Okay, I have not seen that. So she got Worst Actress <laughs> and Worst Supporting Actress. I mean, I think she did about as good as almost anybody else in this. Like, she played her role the way it was probably supposed to be played. Mm-hmm. I feel like she gets the joke and just runs with it. Yeah, she's not taking it too seriously. She was not the problem with this movie. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I guess I'll give some background information on this movie if you haven't seen it. So this movie takes place in the future. It's sci-fi. There's this biotech company called what Jinko that they launched this organ financing program structure to where you can rent out an organ like a, a car loan. And if you don't make your payments, the repo man comes after you. Yeah. They like saved the world or something because like there was some sort of mass organ failure all across the globe and they were able to get everybody their organs. Yeah. And people have these weird addictions to like surgery now and changing their bodies. So there's this underground drug. Yeah. It's kind of cyberpunky a little bit with like modifying your body and wanting to change. To be who you see yourself as or whatever. Which is an awesome idea. I love the setup for this movie. It's awesome. <laughs> it is a really cool idea. And the idea is my favorite part of this movie. Because the idea is just so stinking cool. And out of the box. And the repo guy looks pretty cool whenever he has all his gear on. He looks freaky but cool at the same time. Plus it's like a surgery suit too. So it's like. The design on that thing is great. Yeah, I love the blue glowing eyes. Like, it's really pretty cool. Yeah, and that is my favorite part of this movie. It's just the idea and the way the Repo Man looks. You know, I love the idea as well, but I don't really feel like it's all that unique. I feel like it's been done for years in sci-fi, although primarily with, like, robotic human parts, at least since the 80s. Yeah, but there's not been a huge focus on, like, the repo man who comes and takes your organs while you're still alive. That's what makes it unique and turns it into like a, a horror slasher type thing too. It's like a thing that happens in the Ghost in the Shell universe and in the Cyberpunk 2077 universe. But with, again, cybernetic parts, not 
full-on biological organs. See, what you're saying there, Dan, brings me into one of my first problems, is the Repo Man does not have the major part in this movie. Like, there's uh, there's three main characters, um, the head of Jinko, Shiloh, and the Repo Man, who it kind of, like, bounces back between. And it goes through this, like, um, each person gets their story told, kind of like Sin City, Robert Rodriguez style. And it does not work for this movie. It just, nothing seems to click well together. So supposedly this is the middle portion in a planned, like, trilogy or something, was what the what the IMDb uh, trivia says on that. They were telling the backstory, and they probably didn't have the budget to make the movie that long to film flashbacks or whatever. So they just did some still animated things to tell it. I gotta say, I really like the still animation transitions. Those like little comic booky things. Those were like one of my favorite things in this movie. It was cool, I thought, the first time. But then when I got like every character's backstory from it, I started to get kind of tired of it. I was like, I don't need to know all this stuff. I thought it was cool, though, how, yeah, it would transition from, like, the still image, and then they'd be, the characters would be standing there in the same position, and it would kind of just fade into it. Maybe I just enjoyed being taken away from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. It, it to, to me, it felt like I get, if it was for budgetary reasons, I get it, but it feels like a cheap way to do that, right? Because that's what so many movies fall back when they can't do the filming of the backstory or they want to tell you a lot of information really quickly. They don't set it up in the movie, so they've got to resort to doing that instead. So that's why I didn't care for it too much. They handle it okay visually, but just them doing it, it's like, eh. I think I saw the budget was eight and a half mil for this one, which really isn't that much in the world of Hollywood. And especially not for something like this, like with the sci-fi futuristic thing. So if you take uh, these other movies that do this episodic kind of format stuff, they're a lot longer. And this movie's pretty short. It feels really long, though. It does feel very long because it's not a good movie. <laughs> and it takes forever. And the songs aren't that interesting. But... I feel like what they should have done is just focus on one character instead of trying to get all of these other ones in there for the amount of time they had. Don't plan on this being the middle movie in a three-movie series when you don't even have that guaranteed. Just focus on making one good movie, and then maybe you'll get a sequel. Yeah, they could have got rid of Blind Mag, the kids, the grave robber guy. Cut out all of them, and it would be a lot more focused. The Grave Robber was the best singer in this movie. That's true. Maybe keep him in like they did to introduce the film with him, and then have him come back in at the end again. It's like the cap on it, kind of like you're telling a fairy tale with the narrator. That actor is in every single one of the director's movies besides Saw 2. Really? He's like a staple in all of his films. <laughs> well, at first I thought he was going to be the Greek chorus thing because he kind of pops up. And it's like I couldn't tell if the main character Shiloh noticed him or if he was kind of in the background just telling us about the world. And maybe that was an editing thing. But like it took me like <laughs> half the movie to figure out that he was a real character, not some sort of Greek chorus. Well, what a weird freaking scene, you know? 
It opens on Shiloh trying to hide, and the gravedigger sees her and is like, Hey, everybody! I'm gonna start screaming for no reason! Hey! I actually really like that, where she's trying to hide, but this dude's just over here, like, massacring bodies and sticking things up people's noses. She's sitting there like, please be quiet, they'll catch me, and he just doesn't care. And whenever the song calls for him to just belt out that high note, he just does it, and everybody reacts to it. And I was like, that is really, that's some really funny uh, meta humor for a musical that I've not seen done before, really. So I thought that was really funny. Yeah, I like that part, yeah, when he's just like, and I'm talking about graves. It's just like really intense for a second. I'm like, ooh, that's kind of cool. But yeah, like and then like when she goes, wait, you're real halfway through the movie when she sees him again. I was like thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, that's a real character. <laughs> I love the grave robber in this movie. I thought he was the best character for me. I thought he was cool. The dude could sing. Like, the best song in this movie, I think, is when he's doing the Zydrate song. Oh, in the alleyway? Yeah. With all the addicts? Yeah, and they all come up and they're, like, worshipping him because he goes and gets the Zydrate for him. And he's just hitting those low notes while he's singing. Yeah, and it was kind of catchy, too, with, like, the, what do I have in my vial? In your vial? In your vial. Like, I just, I don't know. I was very repetitive, but I did like it. Yeah, that's because it's from Sweeney Todd. It's literally ripped straight from, that's my, like, issue with all the music in this film, is that it's all derivative of other musicals that have come before. There's literally a song in Sweeney Todd with the exact same, like, canter and notes and everything. I don't know, it is a fun song, you're right, but I don't know, I was just like, wow. Wow, guys. Of all the songs in this movie, yeah, like, he does, the Grave Robber has the best ones, but I think the rest are just super generic and not very good at all. Well, most of them aren't even songs. They're just singing their dialogue. <laughs> it's not like they're trying to, like, form the melodies or the lyrics. It feels like, they, yeah, they're just trying to, like, fit in their words into songs sometimes. Especially uh, the owner of Jinko. He was legit, like, talking over music, and I was like, oh, this is supposed to be a song. Every once in a while, he'd do an opera singing thing, which was like, wow. Yeah, he could belt it out, too. I just, maybe he was uncomfortable with, like, the hard rock stuff, I think. <laughs> Can't quite fit over that as easy. His opera voice for thanks me think of, like, you know, like, at Christmas, you go to church, and the preacher's up there behind, like, the pulpit thing, and he starts singing in his old man voice behind the mic, and you can hear him <laughs> over everybody else. <laughs> that is what that was. I feel like all of these songs could have taken, like, a couple more passes to make them, like, actually flow correctly, maybe, like, rhyme and you know, fix the dialogue up to make the it fit in with the melody and, like, the cadence. Yeah, or just with the tone, because a lot of the songs in this have, like, some heavy metal guitars in the background, and then the lyrics come in, and it doesn't match what's going on in the background. The only song, yeah, that feels like a complete song to me is the, the Zydrate glass bottle in the, the alleyway with the Grave Dancer, or Grave Robber. I feel like a lot of the, like, actors didn't, like, get the songs i don't know probably not they play it all like pretty serious some of them do and then others like the repo man just ham it up for the entire thing <laughs> so it's really weird tonal shifts 
throughout the cast on this. I feel so bad for the girl who plays the Shiloh, you know? Like, she reminds me so much of, like, you're in high school, you're in choir, and there's that one girl who thinks she's gonna be a pop star, and she sings really loud and throws in a whole bunch of extra notes for no reason. You know, like, the director obviously saw her doing this and was like, yes, that's what I want. Keep doing it like that. Well, how do you know it wasn't in the music already? to do that. Which would concern me even more, I think. <laughs> this movie does feel like it was written by that kid <laughs> that you're talking about in the back, you know, the music part of it. It's like they tried to, like, ram Green Day into, like, Les Mis or something. It did remind me, the music in this movie and, like, the, the guitars and stuff, there's, like, a, a band called Arion, I think that's how you say it, where it's, like, a concept album where they have different singers play different characters in the album. And it actually reminded me a lot of the music in this, but like obviously way better. And I was, I was like, wow, maybe they got some inspiration from this movie because it's usually it's like kind of sci-fi, weird concept kind of stuff like this. So I was just like, I could be listening to <laughs> some good, really good music right now. We should circle back. You know, Mike there started talking about the characters and then we kind of got sidetracked. But what do you guys think about this whole, uh, I guess, revenge, romance, teenage angst? plot and the characters involved i think all the characters are trash and they all annoyed me every single character in this movie besides maybe the repo man annoyed me but i didn't like the repo man much either yeah i'd have to agree i didn't really like anybody except for the grave robber and that's probably because we don't get to know him very well <laughs> well he seemed to be the only guy who was actually taking his role super seriously and he was in it for what Three minutes, maybe? Well, I guess the song's probably three minutes, so maybe like five minutes. All the main people in this movie I found very uninteresting. I found Shiloh annoying. The Repo Man was cool when he was doing his stuff, going out there and taking people's organs. Like, when he was chasing that dude down with his, like, his equipment, that was pretty cool. And I was thinking to myself, if this was the movie focus, this would have been much better than angsty teenage girl trying to figure out who killed her mother. Yeah, I was kind of hoping it would be more like a yeah, slashery where the Repo Man's after them and they're trying to like figure out their way through this world or something like that. I don't know. They get a little too close to the Repo Man. I was very disappointed that, oh, it turns out the Repo Man's actually her dad the whole time. Really? If that was the plot, it would have just been sci-fi rent. Is this or some guy hunting people down in rent? Well, it's about them being evicted onto the streets and, you know, beat up by the police and stuff. Social injustices caused by major corporations. Well, yeah, I'd rather have had that with, yeah, except for with, like, slashing people up and taking out their hearts and lungs and stuff. That's <laughs> what I want. I don't want to know more about the, maybe, like, the art could be, like, slowly the Repo Man, like, learns his, the error of his ways or something, but the fact that he was just like, oh, of course he's just super related to the main character course they know each other and like they're deeply entwined the whole time yeah it's very um stereotypical and of course the villain yeah is like deeply intertwined with all their backstories too i mean there's there's nothing wrong with doing it that way i mean the repo man being shiloh's dad is very stereotypical and a generic plot device but i don't mind that plot device really because it generates a lot of drama and stuff that characters have to go through and get over 
So it kind of is like it forces character development. Well, I mean, if it would have paid off better, I feel like I would have liked it too. But there's no payoff, really. It doesn't feel like they try to make it have payoff, but it doesn't feel like it. The actors aren't good enough, and the material's not good enough to make it pay off. (laughs) Does not help that the actors blow. It's very unfortunate. Except for the grave robber. I feel like he's okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess they use Paris Hilton. They know she's not a good actress, and she knows she's not a good actress, so they... Have her play herself in 2050. Well, they were going for uh, like a sex appeal aspect to this movie because like half the people in this are wearing corsets and lingerie of some sort. Like there's the nurses in the skimpy outfit that Luigi just like stabs one of them and kills him. <laughs> Which was funny. You mean the gene turns? Yeah. What is that what they were called? <laughs> Wait, are those interns? They're gene turns. <laughs> wow. That's hmm. I hated the kids song that they just cut to out of nowhere and then they perform it and then it cuts away. But him stabbing the gene turn and her just dying and flopping around on the floor as they're all singing their thing cracked me up too. <laughs> yeah, that, that would have been funny if I hadn't found like all the other characters incredibly obnoxious and annoying. I really didn't like Luigi. I was like, ugh, this guy is terrible. I hated Luigi. The way that guy played him I hated that. It's a fine line when doing that, right? Because look at Little Shop of Horrors and you have Steve Martin being the obnoxious dentist guy, right? That works, though, because Steve Martin can act and he can sing and his singing material is actually good. Whereas in this movie, you've got the obnoxious characters and they can't act very well. They don't sing very well and they're song they're supposed to sing is not good so it just makes them annoying i'm glad you brought up little shop there because there was that gimmick with audrey in little shop right where she does that really obnoxious singing thing and it's supposed to be like a joke right you know that she's like an obnoxious kind of annoying person but nobody like gets it but then they attempt to do it with three characters in one song at the same time. That's too much. Just have one annoying child. I think that would have helped a lot. Just cut down to one kid. I can handle one annoying character, not three all at once. Because whenever there were ones there, it seems like all three of them are together. And they're all making snide comments. Ugh. The guy with the mask has like a French accent for some reason. Did you guys like think at first that that was supposed to be like somebody else's face stapled to his face i think it is oh just a mask because it just looks like yeah like a halloween mask to me that's what he does with his sister's face apparently at the end of this movie he wears it so (laughs) the second best part of this movie (laughs) i get what they were going for with them trying to be funny and comical but it just doesn't work in this movie like he said dan nothing about what they were given was good originally so it's just crap layered on crap it feels like it's almost you know i guess maybe too over the top it feels like a tonal shift whenever those guys are making their jokes and then the other like characters are doing their angsty thing it doesn't feel like they fit in in the same movie well it's like going from a serious drama to intercutting the three stooges in there that's what it feels like though they're nothing like this three stooges at all and even their music is different it's like tuba like burn 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 i hate that stupid circus music that like comes in yeah it's like huh, it's funny get it because the music's goofy all these goofy slapstick noises here's this like penny whistle thing 
Like, we get it. It's supposed to be a joke song. Thank you. Yeah, it's too much. It's just, out, it does come out of nowhere. I mean, I'm honestly not surprised because the director of this movie, Saw 2 is probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's pretty bad. Like, I bought that movie and then I threw it away <laughs> after I watched it. You threw it away? Are you familiar with Saw 3 through 8? <laughs> I think he did most of those. He did do most. He said he was taking a hiatus to make this movie, but he's slated to direct number 9. Well, he did all this nasty 2000s horror junk. It's it's not scary. It's just literally let me throw blood and gore and make some dude crap themselves and then get cut up on screen for you to watch and it's just disgusting it makes you want to take a shower after watching it uh, i don't know i didn't think it was that bad in this one i thought it was not this one i, I was saying those are the kind of movies that he does oh gotcha so it makes it makes sense he would do or adapt this stage play then into a film it fits with his movies yeah his his career he just doesn't have the <laughs> the skill needed to make it work completely like there's elements of this film that work good i think but they're few and far between <laughs> yeah especially you know watching little shop of horrors last week and then coming to this that is such a big jump in literally everything in this movie is pretty much trash i'm concerned except for the grave robber <laughs> praise the grave robber yes yes <laughs> we criticize little shop pretty heavily for the main characters being uninteresting too and i i honestly don't think that the characters in this movie are are less interesting than those characters i think they're kind of more interesting well at least the repo man and the head of jinko anyways because they actually have some good character. Well, not good. Nothing's like great. It's hard to, I need better adjectives, I guess. They actually have some more interesting character dynamics. Existing dynamics? Yeah, existing <laughs> dynamics between them. And they explore more things than the characters, or the main two characters do in Little Shop. But where this movie fails... Well, one of the main reasons it fails compared to that is the actual music, which since this is a musical, you need to get it right. And for the most part, it's bad, not really a song, or it's just cringy. Like when Shiloh does her little rebellious rock song. Oh no, I was very displeased when I saw that. I hated that. I was like, just stop, you stupid little kid. You know, it was a stupid song and a stupid scene, but it was pretty freaking sick when Joan Jett just randomly showed up. Oh, is that who that was? Yes, that's who that was. <laughs> who else plays a Gibson <laughs> Jr.? Come on. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, nobody. That's who. The surprise cameo. Yeah. <laughs> they shouldn't have featured her that crappy song. <laughs> I know. I don't know why she agreed to. I mean, I do know why. It was a very Runaways-esque kind of thing going on. But she's also like 55 at that point. It's because she was wearing black uh, clothing, black hair, black eyeliner that goes with the uh, aesthetic. I mean, it is a gothic sci-fi musical. Yeah, but it's like the music's just so bad in comparison, right? Because Little Shop, there's a lot of different musical numbers, but they all have 
a theme that they revolve around, right? Whereas there's not really a overlying theme to any of the songs, quote unquote, besides like the backing guitar track or whatever, but I wouldn't count that as like a musical theme or a motif even for any of this, because half of it's like people doing slight operatic things like Blind Mag and the head of Jinko, and then the other half is like kind of rocky, but not really. It's just, it's weird. It doesn't, there's no cohesion musically in this film, really. And it doesn't help that there's not any good lyrics or rhymes that was really awkward people just singing their lines not really music and then when you do get music half the time it's not great so i think that's the main reason why this movie fails is because the music is not very great yeah like yeah at least with little shop you can tell they like worked really hard to make the lyrics and the melodies fit within what they wanted the people to be saying and like actually have like a strong hook in these songs instead of them just sounding like they're kind of just singing over a backing track, making it up as they go. I don't, I don't know if that's something that the stage play of this does or if it's something that they did because they don't know how to write music. I would guess the latter of those two, but I honestly don't know. So Personally, I feel like they scrimped a lot on the backing tracks for these songs and then relied really heavily on them. Les Mis, right, is the other big film musical that everybody sings their lines, right? But they very much rely on the actors singing the lines and not the backing tracks. So it kind of works like a big symphony, you know, it's movements, melodies that persist through scenes and then transition into other scenes. Whereas this is very focused on throwing in backing track metal guitar A, throwing in circus music B, and so on. And the actors do not always sing like with the instruments. No, sometimes they're off. Sometimes they're off beat, <laughs> like they're not even hitting the right times. And I think they're out of tune. Too. Was it just me, or did did you guys pick up that they're out of tune at multiple parts of the film? Man, when that girl is singing with the bass clarinet, I'm pretty sure they went back and re-recorded it with a bass clarinet that was, like, flat to try and get it on with her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know there's one song with the Repo Man where, like, he felt like he was just singing randomly over this backing track. Like, it wasn't, like, in any sort of rhythmic... It didn't make any sense. It sounded like they tried to like make the music underneath him just winging it. <laughs> it was just... Ugh. I, I think now would be a good time to build our credibility here. We might not have much experience with musicals, but everybody on this podcast is very experienced in music. Like, not just listening to it, but performing live music and stuff. So... We do kind of know what we're talking about when it comes to that song composition. This is true. And we all like hard rock, metal-y kind of stuff, which this tries to do sometimes to not very great effect. Yeah. I feel like um, the director of this movie thought he was going to go for a Rocky Horror Picture vibe. Has anybody seen that besides me and Fox? I've seen it. I have not seen that. That one, it's, it's not a very good movie. But for some reason, it has this massive cult following. See, exactly. Where if you say it's not a good movie, you get insulted. Even though it's not that good of a movie, 
it's still fun to watch. And uh, Tim Curry is awesome in that movie as the uh, transvestite um, vampire, whatever he is. Yeah, and he's a great singer. Oh, my God. And they have goofy songs in it, too. I feel like this movie, they thought, oh, we'll just go for a Rocky Horror Picture vibe. And people will love it, which I guess there is a cult following to this movie. Somehow it has a 73% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. People like to dress up in gothic cyberpunk clothes. I was reading on Wikipedia that they do have these events and like the writers and director will show up to them and people go in their repo costumes and stuff. So there is a following for this one. But for me, and I think for most of us here, it does not capture Rocky Horror Picture vibe at all. If it had the same like quality of music as Rocky Horror, then I think it might have a chance, but it does not. Yeah, it's it's this mix of things that makes it Rocky Horror Picture Show. Whereas this one, they were trying to go for it with the like the three sons and daughters of the Gene Co. president, and they miss it completely. I feel like it comes down to the actors, you know? I don't know if Rocky Horror would have the cult following and status that it does without some people who are genuinely talented and did go on to have careers after this, you know? I don't know if any of these people besides the gal who played Mags had a career after this movie. That was her first film, was this one. Which I think this was like the last film for the, the girl who plays Shiloh, who was like the Spy Kids girl. She was in, she had like bit parts in Machete and some other stuff, I think. Like, you know, I mean, they, they're obviously more talented than I am as a human being. And kudos to them for being in a Hollywood film. I will never be there. But <laughs> You know what they should have done with this is I think they should have cast a bunch of like power metal singers. Who cares if they can't act? But if like they could just get the music perfect, I think I would have liked this a lot more. That's what I was thinking, Terry. I was like, this this could easily be turned into like a power metal album. That I would listen to and love. I mean, it literally looks like a Zandria music video. <laughs> yes, this whole film looks like the mid-2000s, every music video, metal music video that was made in that time. Can we talk about the aesthetic and the look of this movie? Because I hate looking at this film. <laughs> That's my, my second biggest criticism, other than the music, is the look of the movie is awful it's got to be one of the worst looking movies i've seen from the lighting to the aesthetic to the bad cgi which i won't fault them too much for the bad cgi because it's budgetary but still you can make your movie look a lot better <laughs> with eight million dollars now the lighting looks suspiciously similar to the lighting in the saw movies yeah which those aren't great for aesthetically can you say crank up the red channel in every warehouse scene make sure all your like highlights and the whites are just blinding Ugh. and just like reflect off of everybody oh i think saul looks better than this movie does honestly oh boy oh can we stop talking about this movie <laughs> are you sure you don't want to bash on it for another hour because i think we could so i forgot that we were recording today and then I was like, aren't we recording today? Before TV sent out the text, and I was like, what are we recording about? Like, I've forgotten <laughs> what this movie was. It was so forgettable. I won't say this is an unforgettable movie, but I wouldn't say it's a great movie. 
either. I would definitely say that it was bad enough that I will remember how bad it was for quite a while. <laughs> I'm going to look back on it and be like, you know, I really liked the idea. I really liked a few of the the gags and scenes in it, but for the most part, I did not care for it. Which is a shame. It's a a terrible shame because this is such a unique, cool idea. They just didn't have the talent they needed to pull it off. It's very ambitious. I think they had a vision they wanted to capture. They just didn't either have the budget or they didn't take enough time to kind of flesh things out a little bit beforehand or something. I don't want to give the director too much credit looking at his filmography, but... I'm all for people trying and getting out of their comfort zones to do a passion project like Todd Howard with Joker recently, right? It, it's it's weird because I like that he did it and tried to do something different, but they didn't quite pull it off. Personally, I think Lionsgate and this director ruined whatever this was. I'm more curious to see what Darren Smith's original thing he was doing when it was small scale was or what the 10 minute thing was. The 10-minute short they did. I want to see the stage play, too. That seems like a disclaimer we should maybe make. You know, I, I can't speak to the quality of the stage play. This is, yeah, solely the film. Yeah, yeah. The stage play might be completely different. It might be phenomenal. Who knows? I would assume it's got to be good if it's a stage play version and people actually know about it. It's got its moments, right, where the where it works. And when it works, I really liked it. So you can tell they were trying, um, but it just doesn't work for <laughs> the majority of the movie. <laughs> I wanted to bring this up, too, because there's a remake of this film called Repo Men, and it's not a musical. It is a remake of this where it's just focused on being a drama about the Repo Man working for Gene Co. It's completely different. For the most part, except for the underlying theme of people buy from Jinko and it's in a dystopian future, and this guy comes to repossess the organs when you quit paying. Now, hang on a second. Is this Repo Man Men with Jude Law? Yes, Repo Men with Jude Law is a remake of this film. Interesting. It's either a remake or set in the same universe. I don't know, but it's it's connected and it's not a musical. Ha has anyone seen it but me? That would be a negative Ghost Rider. I've never seen it. I have not seen it, no. Okay, it's not worth watching. <laughs> Oh, it has a 21 Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's another thing where they waste this great idea, right? Because they can't figure out what to do with it. Which sucks because I was super, I actually saw that first before this one. And I was super excited to watch that. And then it sucked. And I was like, well, maybe this musical will be good. And it sucked too. <laughs> I'm like so disappointed. Because I think this could be a really good movie or tv show if handled correctly because it's really interesting the world building is really cool and it's a really neat setup with a cool idea that plays to a lot of dark comedy and stuff like that which i think would be awesome but they can't seem to find somebody to do it correctly for the big screen <laughs> you know i was kind of thinking when i watched this like i feel like 
you know, maybe not now, but this feels like something like Tim Burton would be able to do, like back in his heyday, very well. But maybe not nowadays, not that he's doing these random like Alice in Wonderland movies, but I feel like the aesthetic for this felt like something that he would really be into. Yeah, like Sleepy Hollow. Or Sweeney Todd, anybody? Sweeney Todd or Sleepy Hollow. Even like Batman, like the look of like the city and stuff. That would be good, actually, I think. That would be a good pairing. I don't know if he could pull it off, but... Maybe this could be his next, yeah, his his comeback. He could do Repo Man. Yeah, just title it Repo Man, and then you have Repo the Genetic Opera, Repo Men, and then Repo Man. Ah, and they'll finally have their trilogy. <laughs> yeah. Who should we cast in Repo Man? Who should be the Repo Man? Hugh Jackman. Nah, he's too likable. Nobody <laughs> will buy him being a Repo Man. That's a great point. I don't know. I'm concerned if we let Tim Burton do it, that it's going to wind up being Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Get that guy with the low voice who's bald. <laughs> who's that? The Chronicles of Riddick guy. Oh, Vin Diesel? Yeah, get Vin <laughs> Diesel for and it. Make him sing. <laughs> make him sing. <laughs> Can he sing? I don't know, but I want to see him try. Put Leonardo DiCaprio as the repo man. Leo would be good, but I don't think they could afford him. Probably not. I would pay to see that. Leo being the repo man. Yeah. So are we ready for overall presentation? So ready. It's been nine years since the last <laughs> attempt at this story. Nine years. Oh, it's due for another one. No. Look, Suicide Squad hasn't been out like four years and we're getting a sequel. It was nine years between Batman movies. Yeah, Ghostbusters just had a movie like two years ago, and we're getting another one. Yeah, and and they're canceling that one. Like, that didn't happen. <laughs> so we need another Repo Man movie. No, we don't. <laughs> Well, anyways. My drive to talk about this movie is done. <laughs> it's with those categories. I wish you guys had seen the remake so no. we could compare it. Because that would be Stop. interesting. <laughs> Let it end. Let it end. Well, so we've got a scale we use to rate these movies around here. We got burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it. We all give a little spiel and then we give it a rating. And then we try to average it out at the end. So I'm curious to see what everybody says about this opera of the genetic kind. I just tell you straight up, burn this. <laughs> the idea is cool. The grave robber is cool. But the rest of this movie is trash. The, the idea is not enough to hold it up. And I'm sorry, Darren Smith, but I think Lionsgate and the director ruined whatever you had. I don't know for sure. But that's what I'm guessing. Burn this thing. Nice. Nice. Very succinct. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it's short and sweet. You know, I guess let me preface mine with this little brief story. Ooh, yes. <laughs> Spin us a yarn. <laughs> story time with Fox. So I was talking, uh, <laughs> was talking with my, my, my girlfriend in TV, right? About musicals. And my girlfriend was like, oh, you guys should watch Repo. It's, it's great. I love it. And then we watched it, and she was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I watched it when I was 13, and it was great. <laughs> I take it all back. And I was like, you know, 13-year-old Fox would have loved this movie. Maybe I'll give it a pass, because 13-year-old Fox might enjoy it. But the <laughs> it's too late, though. We've, we've passed that threshold, I mean. 
I know we didn't talk about it, but I, I find this movie to be an almost offensively heavy-handed metaphor for, like, the credit system and the pitfalls of spending money you don't have. Like, thank you, we get it. It causes a massive economic depression. Corporations take over. Good job, guys. You nailed it. So I gotta burn it, if not only for the lame message, but also for the horrendous music in this film. Maybe the stage plays better. I have no idea. I hope so much that it is. But I suspect it may not be. That's a burn it from Old Fox. <laughs> yeah, this movie isn't amazing. That's for sure. Um, I think the idea is awesome. I don't think it's that lame of a metaphor. I think it's an interesting. Sure, maybe it's tried and true. But hey, it gives you an excuse to watch people's organs getting cut up and stuff. Which you don't really get to see much in a musical. I think that's kind of cool. But yeah, the music's pretty bad. Some There's a couple songs in here that I did like, but... Half the time, they're either just like kind of talking over the music or they're just kind of feels like winging it with their singing, just kind of doing the same little melody over and over again. I think if they would have taken like two or three more passes at like the script and the songs, there could have been something really great here just because, yeah, the ideas and the foundation is really solid. There are a couple moments where you're like, wow, this could, this is actually kind of cool, but it's not cool enough to give it a watch it. I think I'm going to give it a pass. I didn't absolutely hate it just because, you know, the, the little things that I did enjoy out of it. And it did remind me of that band, which is actually good. I don't, I, I, I guess I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but yeah, I'm going to give it a, a pass. I don't think I hated it enough to burn it just because I think that there's something ambitious about it. And I think, you know, he was shooting high with the money he had and maybe it didn't fall quite where he wanted it to but hey at least he tried and it's very creative so this movie is right up my alley this is the stuff that i like to see weird new ideas a little bit of dark comedy and uh gross gory things i like this in my horror movies Unfortunately, I hate most things in this movie, <laughs> which is a shame because I love the idea and the world that they've presented in here. And the costumes were great, especially for the Repo Man. And the effects were pretty good for the most part, too. Like all the gore was sufficiently gross and nasty. Um, and when the dark humor worked, it worked real well. So there was a lot of a lot of potential in this film, but they just squander it with the bad CGI. Granted, that could be budgetary issues, um, but you can't excuse is the bad acting, the, the bad music, quote-unquote, for most of the film, and just the terrible aesthetic and look of the movie. It just turns you off. You don't want to watch it because it looks so bad. It's just not a great stylistic choice, I don't think, at all. I hate to say it too, but most of this movie's pretty cringy. You don't want to look at it because it looks bad, and you don't want to <laughs> hear it because the singing and the lines and the music are bad. Case in point, Shiloh's big rock band moment was oh boy that's gotta be one of the worst most embarrassing things i've seen in a film lately so it 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 sucks because i really like the idea and i really want it to succeed but nobody can seem to get a good enough crack on it to make it work this one doesn't work the the repo men movie didn't work so I don't know if we'll ever get a good version of this story, but I'm hoping we will. But in the meantime, I 
have to say this isn't worth your time watching, so you should probably pass on it. I won't burn it because I like the foundation a lot, a whole lot actually, but this movie just isn't going to cut it. There you have it. That weird area between pass it and burn it. That's probably not a good area to be. No. (laughs) So what do we want to do for next week? I think we're going to watch a show. Oh? The Greatest Showman. (laughs) You know that movie? Yeah, I think I heard of it once or twice. It's that movie that everybody was talking about like two years ago. It got really big because of the songs, which is something we've been harping on with these musicals. So that'd be good. Tune in next week to find out. Will we hate the songs again? Hey, I like the songs a little shop. They're a lot better compared to the ones in Repo. So uh, in the meantime, if any of you listeners have any requests of anything you want us to watch, you can hit us up at runtherealpodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook or on Twitter at Run the Real. Get in contact with us. Let us know what you think. We want to hear about your musical opinions. What's your favorite musical? Have you seen Repo the Genetic Opera? Do you like it? I want to know that. Yes, I do too. <laughs> Did you even know that it existed? You know, I used to see this movie like all the time at like the video store and stuff. And I was always very curious about it, but I never rented it. I mean, who wouldn't be? It's an awesome setup. The case art looks like Midnight Meat Train-esque kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, which... Albeit not a great movie either, but it's that nasty 2000s horror vibe. <laughs> it is, yep. All right, well, cool. Make sure to tune in next week to see if we hate those songs or not. Um, this has been Run the Real. Thanks for listening to us tonight. Signing off. <laughs>